Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 177 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I'm back. My name's Eric Walquist. Don't call it a comeback. Walk. Ah, I screwed it up already. I'm, I'm rusty. I'm rusty. I've been away for a while. Jesse, what's your name? I'm Jesse. A happy new year to you. <laughs> happy new year to you. Happy New Year, Mr. Mrs. or Ms. Listener. Happy New Year to you, Wilson. I'm going to need you to put your elbow length gloves back on. <laughs> this is inappropriate. It's a good look. It's a family show. If it's appropriate for the President of the United States of America, I'll say it's appropriate for the listener to the Personal Arrogance Podcast. Jesse, welcome to 2014, buddy. Yeah, I've, looks like we made it. Looks like we made it. Two years until I start my uh, presidential campaign run. There you go, man. Well, you got to start that now, man. You can't start that in 2016. No, 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 no. 2016, running for 2020. Yeah, good idea. Because I, I want to I call my platform mm -hmm. the 2020 vision. Exactly. Why not? Yeah, so I'll be starting that soon. Kick, look for look for my presidential campaign <laughs> on Kickstarter. Love I'll it. Fund anything. Love it. I you know I love this year 2014 because you could call it 24, which makes it the pillow fort of years. The year of pillow forts. Year of pillow forts. So just get those mm -hmm. couch cushions on the ground, bring out the bed sheets, and let's make a teepee, people. <laughs> let's get a wigwam going right now. Jesse. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Jesse, I haven't seen you in, uh, God, a week and a half now? Yeah. How was your week and a half? Oh, good. I bought a new hat today, so I'm pretty That's excited it. about that. What kind of hat? Uh, have you seen that uh, unofficial Seahawks alternate logo? Yeah, with the eagle? Where it's, it's the dude's face. It's a dude wearing a like a Native American-style oh, yes. headdress. yes. But it's like, you know, it's like those cool raven masks. Yep. It's, so I, I got that one. Excellente. On the on the uh, kind of royal blue. So So you're a bot in at this point. I mean you're 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 playoff uh playoff all I play in. already. Oh man, I really I'm now I'm all nervous. I got so nervous on Sunday for the game. I was like, I don't even want to watch it. And then <laughs> I was I was so I was nervous. super nervous too because the Rams are a good team. Man. They are a good team, man. I think the NFC West is a freaking stacked. It's easily the best uh, division in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, and it's it's funny how fast it went from yeah. NFC worst to NFC best. It's crazy, dude. You have three teams with double digit wins, and then yeah. uh, your other team seven and nine. So, which won the division three years ago, right? Yeah, and <laughs> look out for the Rams next year. Dude, the Rams. It plus, the Rams have two draft picks in the top thirteen this year as well. I know. They're they are loaded for bear next year. Watch out! Watch youngest out. team in the NFL. Also, I would not be surprised if they take it all next year. <laughs> I think that's going a little far. They need something. Well, I just mean winning the, the division wise. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they win the division. next they year. They need something called a quarterback. So we'll Sam wait Bradford until. Is pretty well, consistent. Sam Bradford is garbage. You can build a team around that guy. Sam Bradford is a tower of garbage. He's a tower of garbage, garbage. $100 billion for him. Mm -hmm. He's Mr. Average. Anyway, this <laughs> you're listening to the NFC West cast. Get off my running back. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I had a I was I was sick this last weekend, but I freaking fought this cold, man. Oh. I fought it with the yeah. fire of a thousand biceps. Yeah. I punched it in the face. I was basically down and out basically all Sunday. Uh but I medicated. I fud like crazy. I had like three <laughs> fuss sessions. Yeah, fuzz great for cold. Extra large fuss sessions. Mm-hmm. And then I also just emergencyed the shit out of it. Oh yeah, my fever broke. I tw- I slept for twelve hours Sunday night. I went to bed wow. at seven thirty. Slept for twelve That's... hours. My fever broke. I woke up at midnight. I was liter. It was literally like somebody somebody had poured a bucket of water on me, wow. and I was like, "I beat you, fever." <laughs> I took off my shirt. I went back to sleep, a triumphant man. And then I neti wow. potted, and then I was done. I I beat the cold. You neti potted right into your foot and then ate it. I gotta say, I got an early reco, and you know, I don't like you know, we don't promote a lot of drugs on this podcast. We're not a, you know the big druggies. Just just four twenty, just four twenty, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta say, the Alka Seltzer Cold and Cough Liquid Gels. Mm. This is a cocktail that could only it's it's worthy of the twenty fort pillow fort year. Okay, <laughs> it's it's like acetaminophen. Dayquil and Benadryl all in one pill. So wow. it's going to knock out your sniffles. It's going to knock out your aches and pains, and it's going to make you delirious. You're going to have <laughs> fever dreams like you've never had before, and your fever will die in a sweaty, sweaty balloon that has popped over your face while you were sleeping. So yeah. early reco for the uh, Alka-Seltzer cold and cough liquid gels. Just, just I, w- I wasn't feeling good either over Christmas, but uh, I definitely did not get it as bad as you did. I got a bed, but you know, this is what happens when your wife works at a hospital. This is the, yeah. like the seventh time this year I've gotten sick. Now, I get sick all the time too. My mother-in-law works in a hospital, so. That's the thing. I never, I never get sick. And this year I've gotten sick more than any other year. And there's two things about this. Lydia started working at a hospital, which could be it. And then also yeah. I started riding the bus every day this year. <laughs> so I think double. that's the perfect storm of double, sickness. Double whammy for sure. <laughs> Oh man, uh, Jesse, do we have a recommendation for this week? Yeah, but between between, uh, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at the J conspiracy wives, and there it's a right. hotbed of sickness. You got working at the hospital, uh-huh. you got school teacher, right? Ugh, constantly sick, right? And then uh, Jordy's <laughs> wife works at a lab, like a top secret, top uh, secret disease lab disease lab yep. so like if anyone's going to be patient zero for the next plague it's going to be jordy i think uh, yeah that's raring to go man yeah uh, i i do have a recommendation for this week jesse okay this one you goes out what's that you mean dedication yeah what did i say okay you said recommendation yeah it's, i'm recommending this person to be dedicated <laughs> for the well podcast. that's it's two recommendations so podcast over well i gotta make up for last week uh, so this one goes out to James Uncle Phil Avery, who oh, uh, yeah. made it to 2014, but didn't make it that much further. <laughs> unfortunately, I think we could all agree that Uncle Phil, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, is one of those seminal uh, sitcoms of my childhood. Like it was the one that broke the mold. It was it was the source of my first curse word. I distinctly oh, yeah. remember. I, re- I remember watching uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and there was a scene where Will Smith looked at the camera and he goes, "Damn!" <laughs> and I remember my mom laughing at that scene. So then, like, cut to four <laughs> days later, 
I, I'm like working on something on the kitchen table and it spills and I yell, damn. And then my mom comes down and she's like, what did you say? To my seven year old form. So regardless, dude, uh, Uncle Phil, I love, you know, we, our, our love for sitcoms has been, has been exasperated on this podcast, but, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is one of those seminal ones and Uncle Phil, a seminal character on a seminal, uh, podcast, uh, sitcom, whatever it is. So Uncle Phil, James Avery, rest in peace. Uh, and this podcast goes out to you, my friend. Bam. Wham, bam. Thank you, man. We do have some uh, feedback this week. Uh, a little bit of a backlog. Uh, first of all, I want to say Merry Christmas to Dennis Kleinbeck, who sent us a uh, happy holidays greeting. He said, sorry um, that this is an instant feedback for the cast. Partly, I just wanted to tell you I'm still alive. Thank you, Dennis, for letting us know. Uh, we need <laughs> our German buddy. I was I was uh, literally night sweating about it. <laughs> uh, but he said, do you but most- see what you do to him, Dennis? <laughs> Dennis, you, you, you make him worried. You make me worried, and then I sweat. Uh, but mostly, <laughs> I just wanted to wish you, you and your families, a merry, merry Christmas and a great, relaxing holidays. And uh, thank you so much, Dennis. We we really appreciate you from Germany. We love to get a voicemail soon. Um. <laughs> Then Nick Radford, you know, wrapping up the new year, Nick Nick decided to send us an email and uh, from across the pond. He says, just a note to say how much I enjoy your podcast. Been listening for about a year, and it brightens my commute every Friday morning. I love the science, animal, and pop culture topics and frequently find myself laughing out loud in the car. Thank you for educating me on badassness, on the badassness of sperm whales, by the way. I am from mm-hmm. the U.K., Nottingham, to be exact. Jesse, you understand that this guy is the sheriff of Nottingham? Uh, uh-oh. We have our Kentucky colonel in Roger Dotsie. Mm-hmm. I think that this is the sheriff of Nottingham, Nick Radford. Mm-hmm. He's the sheriff of Nottingham elect. Uh, so what you call craft beer is easy to take for granted here. Despite having access to hundreds of real ales, my unoriginal favorite remains Newcastle Brown, which I'm sure you have found on export in the U.S., Anything coming out? Stinks over here. <laughs> yeah, New, Newcastle. By the time it gets to Washington State in those clear bottles, yeah. and it's been sitting around on the grocery sh- shelf, it's it's no good. It's gonna be odd. Uh, anything coming out of the Winchwood Brewery is usually worth a taste. Also, it's interesting to hear how craft brewing is taking off in the U.S. When I lived in L.A. circa 2000 to 2003, it seemed to be Sierra or nothing. Keep up the great work. And now, will you please get off my back? Cheers, Nick. Cheers to you, Nick. Mm-hmm. Cheers to you. Good luck in your uh, consistent battle against that pesky Robin of Loxley. I know, dude. That guy is a nuisance. Yeah. A he nuisance. Uh, Taken off the streets. <laughs> and we also got another email. This one comes to us from Michael. He says, what's up, fellas? So I bet you've probably already answered this one. And if so, feel free to direct me to the episode I need. But I'm wondering... What the basics are to starting a podcast, microphones, recording equipment, software, working on the latest for or working on the layout for a Mariners podcast this season. And I feel like I'm getting to the point where I need to get getting used to recording and hearing myself on tape. Any feedback would be awesome. Stay arrogant. And he says, had a PS had my first session on Christmas. Can't believe I've gone without it for so long, working my way through the rest of the full sale catalog. Now that is the perfect first step to starting a podcast is going through the full sale catalog. <laughs> Great. Um, Michael, first of all, for recording software, I would say we, I mean, we use audacity. We've recorded on audacity 
for every single episode of the Personal Targets Podcast. It's a free program. You can download it online. Uh, my mixer is a, a Behringer Xenix 802. You can get them for about 60 bucks. Um, my, uh, my microphone is an MXL 990. It is a condenser microphone, but you don't, uh, need that. You can use any real, really any condenser microphone to get started. Uh, we started on little $20 cheap ones with windscreens on them. So you could do that. Um, and, uh, if you have any other questions, you can let me know. Uh, I could, I could give you a picture of our whole setup, but, uh, yeah, podcast, man. It's so easy. Anyone can do it, guys. If we made Z-Dog it this far. Press box 2.0. Yeah, dudes. And, and you can have the Sea Dog Press Box name even if you want it. <laughs> Just float You're not going to pick that up again next season? I don't think so. That could be, it could be the year they make it to the World Series. Well, that's just called uh, getting on the bandwagon. And you, you, Jesse, you know I'm no bandwagon fan. Yeah, that's true. You stopped being a Seahawks fan this year because they're doing too well. <laughs> too well. I want to be tortured by my teams. You're like anything above eight and eight, and I'm off. Exactly. I'm off the wagon. Yeah. You're right. a Browns fan now, right? <laughs> uh, we also got a voicemail this week, and here it is. On a call down there. <laughs> um, what call? I think that might have been a butt dial. Ghosts are real. This is the great thing about this is that somebody has our number in their phone mm. to the point where they butt dialed us. You got to sound yeah. like speed dial, which I love. <laughs> 214. So <laughs> keep those coming. If you have an email you want to send the person here, it's podcast. Send it to us at personalarrogance at gmail.com, or you can give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 206. Oh, that's that's my phone number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Almost gave you my direct line. Okay. Uh, you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. Put it in your speed dial and butt dial us. Why not? If you give us a call, we'll put it on the podcast. Uh, Geraldine of the Because Show gave her personal phone number on the air. Are you serious? Yeah. Just for texting only, but she did. Wow. She said, here's my phone number. Please text me. That's hardcore, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I trust our fans enough. I sent her a text. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Apparently she's a a fan of jazz music. Uh I was like, hey, I don't know if you knew this, but Eric and I both played in jazz band in high school. And I was in jazz choir, sir. That's, I, you doubled down. You double dipped on the jazz. I have been to more jazz festivals than I care to think about. You were all like, skibbity dap dap dap. A little bit of that. That's my jazz trombone impersonation. Yep. A little bit of that. Okay. Trumpet, but. No, I'm a tenor, dude. The trombone is a tenor instrument. The trumpet is an alto to soprano instrument, sir. Okay. 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 <sighs> and I'm not a tenor. I'm a baritone. Jesse, why don't we do a little tiny bat roll-off? What do you say? Yeah, let's, uh, before this just devolves into <laughs> trumpet sounds. <laughs> into a scat-off. Zippity bop oh, All right. Uh, let's roll Ooh. a... Oh, did you already roll? I rolled a little tiny 18, Eric. All right. We're each rolling a d20. We're going to see who gets to talk first on the podcast. Uh, Jesse rolled an 18. I rolled a 
four. Well. And then I accidentally re-rolled, and I re-rolled a three. <laughs> Even better. So, um, I want to start with a little bit of science. Science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great Scott. Great job. Thank you. So this is coming from medicalnewstoday.com. Nice. A new study uh, proves that chivalry, Eric, is not dead. Oh, f- good, man. I was worried. Yeah. Uh, researchers found that when walking with female partners, men tend to slow down in order to match the woman's speed, but only mm-hmm. if the woman is a romantic partner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have to be able to hear them. This is a major thing with men is that we have bad hearing because we don't, we're reckless. We do a lot of screamo shows when we're in college. And then our hearing deteriorates, and therefore we cannot listen to our significant others unless we are matching speeds. And even though our gates may be different, we need to take the sacrifice and walk a little bit slower so that we can listen to our ladies. Uh Uh-huh, but (laughs) only if they're romantically connected. Exactly. If you're just our friend, sorry, we're we're doing the fast walk. So uh, the researchers, (laughs) you'll like this, Eric, are from Seattle Pacific University. Right down the street yeah. here. They right published down the, the results in the journal Plus One. Oh, a great journal. I subscribe. I can't believe I didn't yeah. see this. So um, to examine speed choices among men and women, the researchers had 22 individuals, 11 mm. men and 11 women, who Did made it. up 11 romantically linked couples walk around a track in three different <laughs> conditions. There are so many things that are weird about this study already. Yeah. First of all, first of all, you're doing it in Seattle. Okay. (laughs) Second of all, you have strangers who are going to try to walk around a track. Yeah, but uh, there's eleven romantically linked couples. Okay, that's great. So they're not all strangers. Okay. Well, so so sorry. Spell this whole thing out to me before I completely derail it. So they they had the people walk in three, basically walk three times. The first time they're walking alone. The second time, they're walking with their significant other, with and without holding hands. Love it. And finally, um, walking with friends of the same and opposite sex. I love that uh, they, like, oh, it's a a huge surprise that when people are holding hands, they walk at the same speed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess they wanted to make sure that wasn't the only reason. Oh, okay. Okay, I got it. That's but I mean, that's your control. Maybe, maybe a couple of these guys were Stretch Armstrongs. <laughs> Who knows, man? Their arms stretch till next week. So when the males walked with their female romantic partners, the researchers observed that the males slowed down by an average of seven percent to match the female speed. Okay. Interestingly, interestingly, when the females traveled together, they walked even slower than they did with their partner. Mm. The researchers say this could relate to previous work showing that women report feeling very close to their female friends. By contrast, uh, previous studies have shown that men report not feeling as close or as intimate with their male friends. And indeed, the men walked uh, more quickly when walking together than they did when they walked alone. 
So wait, are these friends though? This is my question. Are yeah, they walking with I, friends, I or are they walking they with strangers? They're friends. So huh, like, okay. you're walking with female friends. You're walking with male friends. You're walking with your girlfriend. You're walking alone. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, just from the male perspective. Yeah, like, I like. I find it. I think it's hilarious though that like, if you're not romantically connected to the woman, sorry, we're walking at my pace. <laughs> Keep up. Keep up. We're going at my speed. I mean, like, I'm 6'4". My wife is 5'3". So Mm. I've got over a foot on her. Yeah. And most of that is leg. Okay. So my gait is probably (laughs) like three and a half feet. So Uh I need to walk slower. And one of my... Although Lydia is a very fast walker. So that's one of the reasons why I married her. Um... (laughs) Uh, but one of my pet peeves is like slow walkers. Like I can't stand being stuck behind a slow walker, especially when I'm by myself. Cause I'm a fast walker. If I'm by myself, I'm going to be speeding along. I hate slow walkers too. I, I'm fine with, sure. You want to walk slow. That's fine. I just hate when you have created a obstacle mm-hmm. of like three people wide. Yeah. yeah. When you create the slow barrier, that's the worst. I mean, I'm gonna. Yeah. I would walk in oncoming oncoming traffic to get get out of the way of a slow barrier. Yeah, I do that all the time. You know what also irritates me when people, uh, when bicyclists ride side by side. Mm, the you have to be right next to me. Can't one of you like? Can't you do the single file like Tuscan Raiders? Who knows, man? There's no reason like one of you has to be completely in traffic. Just so you guys can, like, be next to each other while you do your bike ride. It's a mystery. It can never be solved. So what? what's your answer to this whole, like... Well, my question was, first of all, like what I was going to say, if they were all strangers, like, you're uh-huh. acting, you're asking Seattleites who already have the Seattle chill ingrained in their bones to right. try and warm up to strangers while walking around a track. I mean, people are going to walk as fast as they can to get out of that situation <laughs> if they're Seattleites. <laughs> Right. That's why jogging actually originated in Seattle. <laughs> people, it was just people trying to get away from each other. They were just so nervous about being around strangers. Oh, man. Um, but the the real interesting one, though, is male friends walk faster when together than they do when they're alone. Is this like some sort of competition? I like it. It's like the sled dog mentality. <laughs> Like, there's more than one reason why they call it a wolf pack. Like, we're just like, we're going to truck, guys. We are we got a destination. We're going to get there. And I think, honestly, like, if you put a bunch of male friends on a track, which is a competition area, you're asking for competition. <laughs> that is true. Right? It's not like you're just walking down the block. It's like, not like, hey, yeah. we're going to start you guys at your front door, and we're going to get you when you get to the Taco Bell. <laughs> exactly. Like, they like we're going to put down. you on a track, which is naturally <laughs> invoking competition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I guess those more primal sort of primal urges. Instincts. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just like... Oh, jeez. I don't know. I don't want to generalize here. <laughs> I know. The, well, this this study is generalizing. It is, is generalizing. It it's weird that guys... I feel like guy friends... Mm-hmm. Like, a group of guys get along better than a group of women do. I don't know if that's true. Mm, I think I, there's two completely different... Uh, you're, this is totally generalizing, and I, and I understand that different friend groups have different things. 
But there's right. different emotional levels that you hit. Or different emotional levels that you d- dive into, I think, generally, when you're talking about men and women. Uh-huh. So, like, women will talk about, like, everything that's going on, right? Right. But, like, men will have the undercurrent of everything that's going on and then put on the crusty crust on top of just, like, making fun of each other. Yeah, so, I think guys just compete in different ways. Yeah, so it's like it's like you could be like, I mean, we have like the quintessential friend group. We've been friends, our our Jacob Spiracy friend group. We've been together for what over twelve years. Like we are a friend group. We are a solid friend group. Uh, but when we get together, we're not like talking about everything that's going on in our lives. We're just going to be in the moment and doing what we do. If we yeah, need to true. have emotional support, we know where we can turn. Our slow-ass wives. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, oh. we, can, you, we can turn to each other in an emotional state if we need somebody to talk to. But for the most part, if we're going to be hanging out, we're just going to have superficial, fun guy competition time. Right? Right. Whereas yeah, and that's, generally, that's where I think this that is women like, are more like, hey, let's talk about what's going on in your life. We've never had that. I've never gone to Levi and been like, hey, what's going on in your life? Tell me about your tell me about your whole deal. I've never asked like, Levi that question. It's a lot of like, so what's up? Same old, same old. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. It's all good. It's feeling good. Cool. Doing good. <laughs> Yet like the competition comes out in stupid ways, like who can walk to the Taco Bell faster? <laughs> well, I gotta get there first because I know you're gonna take forever to order. <laughs> oh, well, the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> oh man. I have a more discerning Taco Bell palate than you do, sir. I guess so. And I know, and like I said, I don't want to generalize. I know that every friend group has a different dynamic. This is just what I've observed, at least in our friend group of a dozen years of dudes being dudes together. It's just funny how more, how differently wired men are than women. And it even comes down to walking. Women, when they walk together, walk slower and guys walk faster. (laughs) I I think testosterone's a hell of a drug, dude. Like, yeah, the, I wonder how this would uh, work with like older, older guys, like old dudes. Oh, old guys are the slowest. Yeah, but do they walk faster when it's too old? Too old <laughs> I, men? I don't think so. I think I think there comes a time when you're like, all right, guys, we're just got, we just got to get there together. It's like you're climbing a mountain. You're all tethered <laughs> together with your cable. One of our hips carrier. is gonna go out. <laughs> we got to get there. <laughs> no, that's an interesting. I mean, I, I was uh, reading this article about a, um, a female-to-male sex change. It was a first-hand account of a female-to-male sex change, and when the uh, when the woman started taking the testosterone to to complete her sex change to male, she was like, "Oh my god, this was like crazy! Like the experience of being on a bunch of testosterone like really impacted her oh, really? in a lot of different That'd ways." That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, and she was like one of, one of the main ways is that uh, like her sex drive like went sky high went like through the roof and she was like I could not believe how like every every like you know sh- um, she she was attracted to women so like she would be like oh my god like every woman I was like oh my god I want to have sex with you <laughs> like her sex drive just went like crazy um, yeah I mean, it'd be interesting to hear the like a man taking a bunch of estrogen too like what his experience is yeah. Yeah, that whole sex change thing, man. That's a it's a wild cocktail of uh, hormones and emotions. 
Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> voluntarily going through puberty again. I didn't think that I would get into this topic on this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you'll be uh, able to report on that firsthand here soon if you live up to your New Year's resolution. Well, that's uh, we'll get to that a little later in the show. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on this? It's a really interesting little study. No, it's, it's just funny. I know... Man, my uh, head brewer, where I work, he walks so damn fast. I don't mm-hmm. even try and keep up with him anymore. I wonder if he's just on like some testosterone dominance kick at work. Like, I'm the boss. I walk the fastest. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, people who walk fast are generally more successful. Is that true? Yeah. That's the speedwalkers in the Olympics. They're all CEOs. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, anyway... But how else would you be able to afford those cool, like, aerodynamic helmets that they wear? There's no way. There's no, you, There's no you way. Have to be a, you have to be a CEO to be able to afford that kind of equipment. Each of those helmets, $24 million. Yeah. One time I was, I was actually watching the Speedwalking Olympics once. I think it was the, um, the, uh, what, the Greek ones, Athens. Yep. <laughs> and, um, it was, it was women speedwalking. Speed what? The Speedwalking Olympics. You mean the Olympics yeah, yeah. event? The speed... <laughs> I'm sorry. Just keep going. Anyway, the the marathon speedwalking event in the Olympics. Got it. And they were getting down to like the last, uh, uh, like 250 meters, right? Right. It's like very end of it, and like three people were disqualified during that period yep. for not walking because. For, for not walking, and it was like the person who was in fourth place, who was an Australian, I think, mm-hmm. ended up winning gold because the three people in front of her were disqualified. It makes sense. I mean, they, they do the walkabout. They have the experience. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what kind of won that one on a technicality. <laughs> I guess so. I remember my mom was all excited, like, Australia took a gold. I'm like, uh... <laughs> I'm not exactly going to be super nationalistic about this one. I feel like taking the gold in speedwalking, like, that needs to become a phrase. Like, when you have, like, <laughs> yeah. a minor victory. like That's like the new the- kissing your sister. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, we got, like, you know, we got, like, 100 uh, reviews on iTunes. We, uh, you know, we got the gold in speedwalking. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Not to bemoan the, the speedwalking CIO- CEOs in there, uh. Yeah, we just awesome. lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> I know. We had what? What else are they going to listen to while they're walking around the globe? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Jesse. That's about it. Yeah. That's interesting. It. Interesting tidbit. I love it. Um, there you go. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to move on. This is a little new segment, and uh, I figured, you know, since it's 2014, Jesse, that it's about time we make a list. It's time we look back. We sing old Lang Syne and we say to ourselves, uh, what was the best of 2013? So I'm just going to do a quick rundown, Jesse. And uh, the thing that I like about this list is, and I think this needs to be a precursor to any of the year lists, is that we're going to be picking things that we think exemplify the year of 2013. Like this may not be the best thing that ever came out in 2013. We're not trying to polarize anybody. We're just giving our opinions about what we think was the best of 2013. So I have some categories here, Jesse. Are you okay with this? I'll go so first. So it's the best of, but it's not the definitive best of. Exactly, because we're just uh, two guys with a podcast. 
So, you need to be a little bit more arrogant about this, I think. This is the best of the best. There you of go. Of the best. All right. So uh, these are our, our arrogant awards for 2013, Jesse. We're going to start out with video game. Okay. I think that I know what you're going to pick for this one. Since you Best video game of 2013? Since you've been trying to... I'm going to go first because I, you, I think you, you might have two and I have one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to go with Civilization Five. Did this come out in 2013? I don't know. It, it could just be what we experienced yeah. and enjoyed in 2013. Uh, Civ Five was released... Oh, God. I think it was released in, like, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well, it holds whatever. up. I mean, that's... A, that's that's even giving it higher praise. Yeah, and there were some expansions that came out this year. I just really like Civ Five, man. If you want to pass some time, if you need to get rid of some time in your life, Civ Five is the way to years. do it, man. It's like if you just wanted something to do for the next five hours that doesn't seem like five hours, do that. I played this on the airplane to Hawaii. It was like oh, the yeah. best idea ever. <laughs> I hope you played as the Polynesians. I wish, man. I actually did random, and I got the uh, the Siam. Uh, oh, yeah. Again. It's like the second time. It's like, how many sieves are there? You randomly assign me one I've already played. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm, I'm saying FTL. Yeah, that's what I thought. Again, not sure when it came out, but mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed that game this year. Yeah, so. I, did, I think that uh, that's no surprise to anybody, Jesse. You love that game. <laughs> I know. I've been uh, singing its praises all year. <laughs> I gotta get into it. Uh, board game of the year. I'm gonna go with a game that I picked up this year that I really enjoyed. It's gonna be Flashpoint Fire Rescue. You know, that's what I would have said. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think Flashpoint I mean, Fire Rescue. It took this whole craze that has been going on in the board game realm for a very long time, which is co-op board games. It's kind of took over everything after Pandemic came out, even though. Uh, you know, it was it was expertly put together and never beaten by Arkham Horror. Uh, but Flashpoint is is a game that's quick. Uh, I've taught it to so many people. It's a game you could play with a seven year old or a seventy year old. Uh, you could play with anybody. People <laughs> ages who, nine to ninety nine. <laughs> exactly. People. I who, like when they say that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, people who've never played a board game before, you could sit down and play Flashpoint Fire Rescue, and they're going to pick it up in a second. And it's not a game that a lot of people, you know, people aren't exposed. Even though board games are becoming more and more popular, people are not exposed to board games as much as they should be, in my humble opinion. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like... I'm sorry, did a mid-century aristocrat just take over? No, Fraser Crane, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer's giving me a neck rub during this. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think that this might, I think Flashpoint might be a perfect gateway game to getting into more, uh, hardcore board games because not only I does it have an really easy variant and a, and then a more hardcore variant where you get into things like RPG elements in a board game. Um, but it's also just easy to learn, fun to play, which is exactly what you want in a board game. So I'm going to go with Flashpoint. Jesse. Okay. Uh, so mine's a game that actually came out in 2K11. Love it. But uh, I got it as a wedding gift, mm-hmm. so I got married this year, if you didn't know. Yep. That was this year, right? Yeah, it was. Yes. yes. 
And uh, so I've only been enjoying it this year, but it's Small World Underground. Oh, I like it. Which is uh, basically the underground version of the popular game Small World that we've talked about a billion times on this podcast. Yep. But I, I think this is a better, just the gameplay elements are better than uh-huh. the Small World. And, and you know, it's their second attempt at the, you know, the game. So obviously they improved upon the original idea. Right. And uh, I like it a lot. So Small World Underground is probably my 2K13 board game experience. I thought you might go with uh, GOT the board game. Oh, snap. Forgot about GOT the board game. <laughs> Little Game of Thrones, the board game. Yeah. I think we got some bald move listeners who might have come to us through the Night's Watch. And if you watch Game of Thrones, there's no reason for you to not own Game of Thrones the board game. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun cutthroat, yeah, uh, multiplayer kind of diplomacy meets risk sort of game. Yeah, it's really good. I like the mechanics are so seamless, and it's a streamlined game. I think it takes the exact amount of time that it should. And I think yeah, Game of Thrones board game is also another really good one. Yeah, that we experienced in 2013. All right, movie um, Jesse. The- Movie. Movie's a little tough because there's a lot of movies that I still want to see. There, the movies are like packed in the theaters right now. Um, I want to see Wolf of Wall Street. I want to see Inside Leland Davis. I want to see the. I haven't seen The Hobbit yet. I'm I'm behind on my movie watching. I saw American Hustle, which I really enjoyed. Um, but for me, the movie of the year is Gravity. I think that this is a movie that is great. It's something that captured the attentions and the imaginations of the nation. It came out at a time uh, in the fall when there wasn't really any other movie out, and it, it it just elbowed every other movie in the face and was like, guys, we can make good movies and not release them uh, in the summer or the winter. We can release them in other parts of the year and have really good movies. And so um, I'm going to go with Gravity. Do you have a movie for this year, Jesse? I was going to say Gravity. Yeah. You picked like the one movie I've seen. (laughs) Well, I think that that also speaks to Gravity, is that if Jesse has seen it, (laughs) if Jesse went to the theater to see this movie, that is a a movie that defines 2013. I saw Prometheus. Oh, yeah. Prometheus. I liked it. It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think Gravity is a consensus winner there. There you go. Um, what else we got here? TV show, Jesse. Do you have a TV show for 20, 2013? Workaholics, definitely. All right. Why Workaholics? Loving You've talked it. about this show before, but what is the essence of Workaholics? It's just like goofy stoner comedy, <laughs> and I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, a greater yeah, so review. That, there's new episodes, so it's not it's not like an ancient thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to go with Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad, you know, it wrapped up uh, in 2013. And I was a person who never saw Breaking Bad live. In fact, I started watching Breaking Bad after the finale had ended. And I finished watching the entire show about five weeks later. Like, it, I surfed <laughs> through this show. And you can't, once the the momentum of this show starts picking up, you cannot deny its amazingness like i think that it's easily the greatest show that i've ever watched television show that i've ever watched i haven't watched the wire 
So, uh, Wire fans, you know, I talked, I told my sister that today. She's like, you haven't seen The Wire. But I think that Breaking Bad is probably the, the gold standard for television. My, uh, uh, one thing here, Lydia, so she's been starting to watch this show called Scandal, which has gotten really good reviews on ABC. And I've been very, uh, I've been curmudgeonly when she's been trying to watch this show because I don't really like to watch network shows. And I'm like, oh, they're procedural. So she kind of explained to me the first episode, and I was like, yeah, well, it sounds like everything got it kind of got wrapped up at the end of the episode. Like, I don't really like those shows. And I was like, you know, Breaking Bad, like, it'll, it has a cliffhanger at the end of every episode. It wants to push you to the next show. And she was like, you know, you don't have to, re- you don't have to compare every show to Breaking Bad. And I was like, it's the best show ever. Why wouldn't you compare every show to Breaking Bad? So you're gonna have a bad time if you, if you do that. <laughs> I think so. Nothing ever lives up to my impossible self-imposed <laughs> standard. Uh, maybe I'm becoming a Megan. Maybe maybe Breaking Bad has turned me into a Mega nerd. Uh, but, uh, this show defined 2013 and, uh, I'm really sad that it's gone, but I'm, I'm happy it's not still around because they decided to wrap up the story and the story was wrapped up beautifully and I couldn't ask for anything more from the Villigan and for Breaking Bad and also from the companion podcast, Breaking Good on Bald Move. So if you're, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, please guys, it's on Netflix. Just start watching it. And then... You could start listening to the companion podcast on the Bald Move Network from Jim and Aaron. So do it. <laughs> you hybridize his name on that one. I know. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. I, well, because like Jim has a different name on the podcast. So then I think Aaron has a different, Aaron has a different <laughs> name on the podcast, but he doesn't. Yeah, we, we kind of <sighs> screwed ourselves on this one. Why? Because in my brain, it's Gino and Aaron. Exactly. I know, exactly. A-Rod has his fake name, and Gino has his real name. (laughs) But then Gino has his fake name, and then A-Rod has his fake name. But I only call A-Rod A-Rod. I know, I don't call him Aaron. Aaron sounds weird to me. It sounds super weird. He's A-Rod. A little insider bald move knowledge for the listeners. It is funny when I, like, have introduced him to, like, my coworkers. I'm like, this is my friend Mm A-Rod. Like, like, it is Aaron. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm Eric. <laughs> I'm JC Owen. <laughs> Love it. All right, uh, so Workaholics was your show. Oh, Jesse, you're going to like this one. What's the beer of 20 Dirt? Oh, the beer of 20 Dirt. Saison Breda for me, man, by Logstons Brewery and uh, Hood River, Oregon. Oh, my God. There's not a better beer you can buy for 10 bucks 10 buck beer 10 bucks it but for 750 milliliter bottle so you, you get a, you get a few good pours out of that yeah well i'm gonna go with another beer that's exceedingly expensive that i tried this year but it's uh, my mind was blown by this beer yeah. and that's the mobius by omnipolo from stockholm sweden oh it you know, I don't, I don't think I've had that one. It blew my mind. And, like, this is a beer. It is $7.50, $7.50 for one 12-ounce bottle. Yeah, that's pretty steep. It is incredible. It is an incredible beer. Uh, so I, I tried this from the Mobius from Omnipolo. And then uh, my brother-in-law uh, let me try. He also picked up, because he picked up this one. He also picked up the Nebuchadnezzar from Omnipolo. Another amazing beer. This Omnipolo 
uh, brewery from Stockholm might be making the best beers I've ever tried. Mm, cool. <laughs> like, I'm talking like hit them out of the hit them out of the park on both of these beers. So, um, yeah, the on the pull of Mobius. If you get a chance to to drink this beer, drink it and drink it well. Like this is a beer. I'm the type of guy. If I get a beer, I'm gonna drink it pretty fast. This is a beer that I had to sip because it was so good. And it's an IPA. It's just a regular IPA, and it was delicious. Hmm. I'll so. have to I'll have to try that. But yeah, saison Breda by Logson. Uh-huh. If you want to keep it. <laughs> Keep it domestic, dude. We're getting so uh, specific here with the beers. Like it, it, it used to be, like, oh, I'm just have a red cherry IPA. Let's do that one. <laughs> yeah, also with the Nikasi Slayer, pretty good. Yeah, I like true. the Mobius on the Polo from Stockholm, Sweden. Well, I like the saison bread from Larkstens. <laughs> what was that, Fraser? <laughs> All right, Jess, you're going to like this one. Who's a celebrity of 2013? Oh, celebrity? I, I got to give it to my girl. All right. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, huh? Yeah, she made a big splash. You know what? She takes a lot of crap, but she's actually punk as fuck. Yeah, you know, that's the thing is like, <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw this list of like, and it was one of those dumb lists, and I actually bemoan these lists. Online, but it was like 10 reasons you know why you're in your late 20s. And I was like, well, my driver's license is probably the only reason I need. But, <laughs> because my age is 27. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, if your age is 27, <laughs> you might be in your late 20s. Dude, you could be the Jeff Foxworthy of late 20s people. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, one of the things on there was like, you can't get too worked up about Miley Cyrus. And, like, mm. that's exactly how I felt about it. It was like, hey, well, she's do Like, Christina Aguilera did the exact same thing, like, eight years ago. Like, this is just... Genie in a bottle, baby. But no, it was the post... It was the dirty. She did... Oh. It was the dirty Extina. Dirty. Dirty Genie in a bottle. And now she's on primetime television uh, twice a week on the most brilliant reality competition show ever conceived, The Voice. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> you are just trying to... Gerrymander this into a voice con- conversation again. You're right. I'm pulling in the populations on myself. Uh, so, but that, I mean, that's the thing with Miley. And like, you know, the Wrecking Ball video, it's like, okay, she's naked. We saw Britney Spears uh, come out with wearing nothing but a snake at the like 2001 VMAs. Like, we've seen all this before, but the song itself is actually pretty good. I don't think I've ever heard it. I just like that she's uh, shaking <laughs> things up. She's shaking. She's twerking things up, dude. She's twerking it up. She's working. She's twerking. She's booing Doctor Drew, calling him Doctor Boo. Love it. Oh, and, that's ten points right there, dude. Yeah. Anybody who can bemoan a therapist, am I right? <laughs> Tell me about it. Am I right? <laughs> what? So who's your celeb? Uh, I'm gonna go a little more pious. I'm gonna go with the, the Pope. Pope Frankie, dude. Yeah. Pope yeah. Frankie is badass. I I feel like uh, sure. I feel like he defines he culturally defines 2013. But it's easy. It is easy. That's like following up Lord Lord of the Sith Mm -hmm. Joseph Ratzinger. Like come on, all you have to do is not be horrible, and you're you know Pope of the Year. All right. Well, I'm going to then go with somebody who's really obscure. If you want me to put my hipster goggles on, uh-huh. I'm gonna go with Kyle Mooney 
Oh, there you go. Do you know who Kyle Mooney is? Uh, doesn't he have lead a cult? He, you wish he does. He cult, he leads a cult called My Heart. <laughs> Kyle Mooney is this guy who did all these internet uh, videos called like Kyle goes to a reptile fair, and like they were the most they were like the funniest internet videos. I would crack up every time I saw this stuff. He had spot uh he had spots on Norm Macdonald's short lived sports show on Comedy Central, and he's just like this kid who's like made these like YouTube videos that kind of blew up. Um, and then this year he got on SNL. Oh, nice. So now he's one of the, uh, one of the feature players, not feature, he's, what do they call it? Like the, you know, feature, uh, he's a feature yeah. player. Featuring Kyle Mooney. <laughs> so Kyle Boo! Mooney. And, uh. Is the guy who announces that my freaking ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday Night Live. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling, uh. kids. Yeah, he's like uh, he's the Jacob Marley of of late night television. Um, but anyway, improvisational actors is what I was going for. There you go, uh, Kyle Moody, success story of the year, therefore celebrity of the year, uh, and good on you, Kyle. Let's let's keep it coming. He's just one of those guys that like every time you see him, he's funny. He's a funny dude. So. All right, and finally, Jesse, the animal of the year. What is the animal of the year? What animals have had a year? Mm. I'm giving it to orcas. Yeah, dude, blackfish. Exactly. Of course. I feel like not since Free Willy has the orca had such a year. Have you seen blackfish? No, I keep meaning to. I literally cried through the entire thing. I'm not even like I woke up when I was in Hawaii. I was on this like weird jet lag, so I would wake up at like five in the morning. <laughs> I'd go to bed at like seven thirty at night and wake up at five in the morning. So one morning I wake up like super early and I like go out and we brought a Roku box, which is another reco. If you go on vacation, get a Roku box and then take it with you, and then you have all of your Netflix wherever you are. Um. So we had a Roku box set up, and so I decided I'm going to watch Blackfish, because, um, you know, it's gotten a lot of uh, press. And I watch it, and I'm just fucking bawling the whole time. And then Lydia finally wakes up at, like, 7 o'clock and comes out, and she's like, oh, how you doing? And she looks at me, and I'm just, like, red-faced. My eyes are swollen, and I'm, like, weeping. Because, <laughs> like, Jesse, have you seen an orca in the wild? Uh, no, I've never seen an orca. You didn't go down to Dye's Inlet when we were kids, when they came oh, down yeah, to Kitsap Oh, yeah, yeah, County? yeah, 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 yes. I've had some pretty, I've had a, what I would, what I would describe as a pretty prolific orca experience. In that, I, when I was in high school, I would take these, my youth group, we would do these sailing trips up in the Gulf Islands, which are like the islands up in, you know, British Columbia. And, uh... Like, we were with three boats. So two of the boats went around one side of the island. Our boat went around the other side of the island. We're going around, and, like, all these little Zodiac boats start um, zipping past us and parking in this cove. And I was like, those are whale-watching boats. Because when I was, like, 12, I went on a whale-watching tour out of Victoria. I know what they look like. Then out of nowhere, this poor pod of orcas just comes and, like, decides to swim, like, right under our boat. So, like, you're not supposed to get this close to orcas, but if they swim to you, what are you going to do? And these orcas are just, like, under our boat, and you see these huge dorsal fins. And it was, like, this prolific experience of my life, like, this amazing, amazing experience. Something you can only get in, like, uh, very few places in the world. 
uh, where there are orca pods. And then, like, watching this documentary and seeing them, seeing them catch baby orcas out of Puget Sound, I'm, like, weeping my eyes out. <laughs> I can't handle it. Uh, and this Have problem- you seen Orca the Killer Whale? No, I haven't. I it's it's recommended now on my Netflix because I watch Blackfish. <laughs> yeah, you should you should watch that. That's the prolific orca experience I had. All right, it's actually a pretty good movie. <laughs> well, I mean that's the thing about orcas—they're the wolves of the ocean. Like you know, if somebody's a lion tamer and they get attacked by a lion, people are like, "Well, you are you know dealing with lions. Like they are predators. They kill things." And you kind of knew what you were getting into. But at SeaWorld, they're like, oh, their orcas are really fun. They're like plushy and fun. No, they're they're predators. They hunt in packs. They're the wolves of the ocean. And uh, you can't tame that fucking primal craziness that's in a whale. Because whales are the most amazing creatures on Earth. So They should, um, they should make a movie about like... <clears throat> like a World War Two German U-boat mm-hmm. that is like getting attacked by a pod of orca Love whales. It. I feel like you can make a cool like yeah. high anxiety U-boat thriller about a a U-boat that's being hunted, <laughs> stalked. Suddenly the hunter becomes the hunted. Love it. Well, we're picking up strange, uh, strange sounds on the radar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've gone from trumpet sounds yeah. to orca sounds. That's sonar, by the way. Yeah, and that's the uh, best you could, Sonar's just underwater radar, right? Totally. Um, you I, could also, if you wanted to go the sci-fi original route, you uh-huh. could make it so like the allies trained the orcas to hunt the U-boats. Love it. Yeah, because <laughs> that makes more. You know, because you have like the dolphin training program in the navy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is true. Did you know that Soviets totally, legitimately true thing they did? They trained dolphins to carry explosives that they could drop out of airplanes into bodies of water <laughs> that would then swim up and hit boats. Kamikaze dolphin bombs. Kamikaze dolphin bombs. Oh, wow. I yeah, the survival rate for, for those dolphins was not very high. I think we just found Blackfish. a name for this podcast. <laughs> Blackfish 2. Yeah. Kamikaze, Kamikaze dolphin, dolphin bombs. bombs. Well, that's the thing about that's the other thing about orcas is they are dolphins. Like they're the same family. They're just giant dolphins basically. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, I I got to go with you on orca. So that's our 2013 wrap up, Wait, guys. Wait, we're we're forgetting one though. This is a classic what is personal it? orcas tradition. Okay. Ginger of the year. Oh yeah, Ginger of the Year. Who's the best redhead of the year? Um, I go with he took his team to the I mean, he's been nominated in the past. I don't think he's won. He took his team to the playoffs. We'll see how they perform. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, TCU zone. Well, he's been to the playoffs every year that he's been a starter in the NFL, but he's never won a playoff game. <laughs> Maybe he'll win a game this year. All right. Uh that's a good one, man. I'm trying to think. Like who are some redheads? We've had We've had Conan. Yep, we've had we've Sean had White. Sean White. You know what? Scratch that. Screw Andy Dalton. I'm going with Bill Burr. All right. That's Bill a Burr, good hilarious one. comedian. Well, He's given sc- me a lot of laughs this year. Dude, if you're doing Bill Burr, I'm going Louis C.K. Oh, Battle of the Ginger Comedians. Battle of the Ginger Comedians. What? How well, do we settle this? 
I don't know. Maybe our listeners can. Uh, All right. Yeah, vote. we're going to need some listener feedback here. I feel like Sean White's going to take it in 2014 because we have the Sochi Olympics coming up. Although yeah, he did totally cut the locks. Have you seen he cut the locks? He's did now he? like, yeah, he's a short haired guy now. How's this for a nomination, though? Uh huh. Ryan. John Ryan. Oh, John Ryan. It's Seahawks a little tough. prolific punter. He is a prolific punter, but he lost the record in the last game because he gave up 30 yards. I was yards. super bummed about that. Uh, did you also see – so there's this company that makes, like, Lego minis of Seahawks players. Right. And you can get a John Ryan Lego mini. I should probably do that. Yeah. That I thought of you. All right. So this <laughs> one goes up to the listeners, guys. Louis C.K. or Bill Burr, Ginger of the Year 2013. So we'll just leave that up to the listeners. Go ahead and send us an email, personalregrets at gmail.com, or give us a call. Give us your stump speech for one of these guys at 360-362-0024. Jesse, we got to do some trivia. What do you say? I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. Where we can learn to work and play and get along with each other. I know where you're going with that Arthur shit. (laughs) I got DW on my back. All right. I rolled a four, Jesse. Arts and literature. You ready to do this? Yeah, fart me up. All right. This question is for you. Who did Blondie Boopadoo marry? (laughs) Uh, James Bond. I'm going to go with Alfie. Dagwood Bumstead. (laughs) Of course. Of course. This question is for me. What phenomenon appeared the day Mark Twain was born and the day, day he died? I'm going to go with Halley's Comet. That's what I was going to say. That'd be crazy, though. Pretty sure it's true. Uh, Mark Twain. I'm going to say Aurora Borealis. <laughs> All right. It is Halley's Comet. Is that true? That is true. That's so crazy. Came in and went out on it. How do we not rename it Mark Twain's Comet? Well, that's the American name. It's been oh, taken okay. over. Thanks. The, yeah. Thanks, Ukraine. Thanks, Ukraine. Okay, Jesse, this question's for you. What it was the title of Robin Moore's book about the Green Berets? Robin Moore's book about the Green Berets. Um, we Were Soldiers. I'm going to go with I can't remember any of the words of the song. Uh, <laughs> fighting people. Oh, <laughs> it was called the Green Berets. <laughs> stupid answers. Little stupid answer there question. Okay, uh, this question is for me, Jess. You need to steal the tie. What's the alternate title of the play? The boy who would not grow up. I'm going to go with Peter Pan. Oh, come on. Uh, the Michael Jackson story. <laughs> it is Peter Pan. Uh, Subtitle, The Michael Jackson Story. Uh, <laughs> but I still win because I got two right and you got five. Correct. So anyway, I win that one. But you won the roll off. Jesse, what's your sequitapo? I don't really know what to categorize this as. So okay. we'll just say Other. Other. Um, so this is coming from the Seattle Times, little periodical you might be familiar with. Liberal bastion. They're they're discussing the effects 
of Proposition 502 coming through here soon, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the Washington State Marijuana Legalization Act that passed last year. Yeah, it's been over a year. And and this is like big news right now in Colorado because you could basically get weed wherever you want in Colorado now for freeze. For free? I'm pretty sure they're just giving it out on the street. That's what I heard. Uh, Yeah, that's a bad business model. That's a really bad business model, but you know what's the law? So, <laughs> so uh, legalization advocate Philip Dowdy uh, says he sees a stormy start as stores open in the summer struggle with inadequate supply. Yep. Um, it will take until autumn, Dowdy figures, for indoor and outdoor growers to get through licensing, build out, and harvest and begin meeting customer demand. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess we can ex- uh, expect to start seeing it in the summer. Yes, that's the uh, that's the idea. Is that by July, I guess they'll have the rules in place to get this stuff okay. in the stores. So uh, some other guy named Simmons says he, uh, he believes <laughs> Simmons. Simmons believes prices will be artificially <laughs> high at first. Okay. Um, artificially high. Great name for your pot. That- <laughs> Uh, dispensary <laughs> and then drop as market forces drive them downward uh state consultant mark Kleeman expects that entrepreneurs who invest large amount in growing facilities will suffer as prices in some sorts will fall by year's end to five dollars per gram five dollars per gram it, yeah this is the thing about marijuana right. is uh it's not totally hard to grow okay so I I could I could definitely see supply spiking super high. Well, that's what I was thinking about today because there's two things that went on in the past couple of days. First of all, on Tuesday, the tickets went on sale for the first playoff game here in Seattle. Uh, uh-huh. Seattle Seahawks are going to be hosting a playoff game in two weeks. They put the tickets on sale. Sold out in like less than eight minutes. You couldn't get tickets, right? They all got bought by scalpers. Now you got to pay 600 bucks to sit in the nosebleed section. Um, Do you think that drug dealers are just going to buy out all the uh, all the marijuana and sell it well, on the street? This is it? what I'm saying because you know on Reddit on Reddit today because like I said, recreational marijuana went on sale for the first time today in Colorado. You're looking at the pictures and there's all these like huge lines at dispensaries. It's like their supply is going to run out. You're not going to be able to get it. Like you know, yeah, but those are like that's like the line to see. Episode one, The yeah. Phantom Menace. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that there's a novelty to it as well. I mean, yeah, the novelty factor is going to wear off. Like, what do we do on your 18th birthday, Jesse? We went and we bought cigarettes, and then we went to the casino, right? Uh, we bought cigarillos, actually. All right, I did not remember that. They, uh, we bought like tiny cigars. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like now that it's legal. Now that it's legal for me to purchase this, I'm going to go buy some cigarettes, even though I don't really smoke cigarettes at all. But I can do right. it, so I'm going to take advantage of that. And then I don't really gamble, but I'm going to go to the casino. Why? Because I can. So you're right. going to get this initial rush of people to the dispensaries the just to get the green on the league, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that there is going to be some kind of initial influx. But for that to die down... I, I, it's it's an interesting concept. I don't know, man. It's it's like the wild, wild west. Like, I don't know how to... If you look at the model from other industries, even intoxicant industries like cigarettes or um, alcohol, 
you have your budget brands. Are you going to have like your budget brand weed that's like you say five dollars a gram? Mm-hmm. Um, I love stems and seeds. Yeah, stems and seeds. It's like the bits S&S, and ends. We call it. <laughs> it's like the bits and ends uh, bacon that you can buy at Safeway. <laughs> stems and seeds, man. Oh, well, um, man. Simmons again cropping back up says he expects a minor increase in, in a minor increase in statewide consumption in the new year and a little pot tourism at first uh Kleiman predicts shamelessly aggressive marketing by entrepreneurs but no big increase in heavy use and no big yeah. jump in abuse for several years he believes baby boomers giving marijuana another try will drive an initial increase in users yeah and then they'll freak out because it's way more potent than anything they smoked in the hippie days yeah they'll freak out and they'll be like what did we do to the world <laughs> We ruined everything! Oh my god! No wonder my kids hate me! (laughs) Uh, That's the other part of it, though, is that um, if you smoke weed, you already smoke weed. Like, it's not like, (laughs) oh, well, weed's legal. Like, that was the only barrier that I was waiting for, was for it to become legal uh, for me to start smoking. Accessibility is a big thing. I think that you're going to see maybe something creep up over time, but I don't think think initially people people are going to be like, oh, it's legal now. Now I can smoke weed. That seems like a a weird mindset. I think a lot of people might have been like, I would do it again. Like, I I would smoke like once a month, but I don't want to deal with a drug dealer, so I don't need it. I could see that. I'll drink wine instead. Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm just saying, like, you're a regular customer. Like, no, nobody is – you're not going for that person who's, like, occasionally coming in. You want regular customers. Your regular customers are people who have been smoking weed for a long time, right? I don't know, man. I'd rather have 100 customers who drink – or 100 customers who smoke weed uh, once a month than 10 customers who smoke weed every day. I guess that's true, man. It's a good mentality. It's a business mentality, Jesse. I like it. (laughs) Thank you. Way to go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so um, apparently they're saying vaporizing pot will become a hot issue, Mm -hmm. according to Calkins, um, with officials debating whether that way of consuming, which doesn't burn pot but heats it enough to release key chemicals, will be allowed indoors where state laws prohibit smoking. Vaporizers might be the technology that give rise to pot cafes and give tourists a place to legally consume. Yeah, and like you'll have like your e e blunt, basically. <laughs> you know, they have the e cigarettes. What now? do you think about the e cigarettes? I don't know. I think I feel, they're obnoxious. Yeah, I feel like people who are smoking indoors with those things is very obnoxious. But eh, what are you going to do, man? They're not really hurting anybody. It's all vapor. Yeah, I don't. I've been I've been around the like the volcano model or whatever, yeah. and it well, it lets out a ton of vapor. Yeah, and it also smells like weed, dude. I mean, that's the thing that weed has against it is that you can have a whole party, and unless people get sloppy, <laughs> it's not going to reek of alcohol in your house. But like weed smells, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like you know it a, a, as that soon is, as you smell it. That's that might be the next. Um, the next, like, GMO for weed. Like, Monsanto mm-hmm. brings out these, 
the smellless, the odorless <laughs> marijuana. Odorless marijuana. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I I, you, I could get behind that. <laughs> I uh, it'll be interesting. Like you say, I think that there's going to be some kind of like this is the time to get in on it. Like if you want to make like you think about the marijuana innovations that have happened over the past 40, 50 years. I feel like you're going to get like an influx of like technology into marijuana once <laughs> once this thing becomes legal and and uh, and obtainable in in you know retail markets. I think it'll yeah. be really interesting to to see how you know marijuana use evolves over that time. Yeah, the last uh, prediction I have here from the Kleiman person is uh, concentrated forms of marijuana such as butane hash oil, which I've never heard of before now, mm-hmm. will come to dominate the market over herbal buds and flowers. Yeah. I mean, there's Do a lot of... Do you think that's true? I mean, the, the super concentrated stuff, or is that like... We're already, like, marijuana is already, like, crazy potent as it's it is. Really so we crazy. need to take it, like, to the moonshine level? Well, the, the, the part about this is that, you know, like... When I was down in San Diego, medical marijuana was really big. You know, dispensaries are big down there. Um, the things that you could get at the dispensaries is you could get, like, uh, edibles, which was very big. Um, so mm-hmm. I think there would be a spike in the edible market. But then you could also get things like THC pills. And so in a legal market where it's, you know, a, a recreational drug – you could get a bottle of THC pills. Maybe you don't like the smoking element of it. Maybe you don't like the odor element of it. You can just go and get a bottle of THC pills. You could take a pill and then all of a sudden you're high, uh, you know, like you would be if you ate an edible. So I think a lot of people are going to take, like I said, I think that this is going to open the market for more innovation in marijuana technology. (laughs) I mean, it's a cupcake wars is going to get more interesting. (laughs) It'll be that really French inter- guy is gonna lose his mind. <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see the way that uh, you know legal marijuana takes hold, and I think that you know Washington can probably learn from a state that has a head start, which is Colorado. Kind of see right. what happens there, and then and then uh, you know acclimate accordingly uh, to what to what occurs over there. So. It's, but it is, man. It's a wild west, and then who knows if you get a conservative government in place, if they're going to clamp down on the recreational use. So it might be like a very short-lived thing. I mean, the whole thing is going to be a really interesting thing to watch. If anything's going to uh, provoke the second war of recession in America, <laughs> or secession rather, it, it just might be this. If like certain states, especially the West Coast states, finally get recreational marijuana and then like a conservative federal government tries to clamp down on it, that might provoke a civil war. It might uh, be the most easel, easily <laughs> quelched civil war yeah. in the history of the world. But <laughs> We attacked with, uh, you know, a strong military force. They, att- they attacked with the drum circle. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, it, it will be it will be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. I, you know, the fact of the matter is that marijuana is a drug that, <laughs> at least of the people the that I then. know, the people that I know, and I'm talking people who are my age, I'm talking people who are much older than me, I would say that just about everybody who I have met has tried marijuana at one point. 
Whereas everyone, everyone since the seventies has. Yeah. And there's this idea that like, you know, there's this idea that like, Oh, it's a gateway drug. You're going to get into cocaine and heroin. I can't say that about any other drug. And I also, I don't think that it's going to be like, Oh, well now, no, you can get marijuana legally. Let's all do heroin. Like, I don't think that that's the, the logical next step. I don't think it's going to create a drug using public because most of the public, at least the most of the public that I've known, have at least tried the drug once, right? Yeah. So it is. It's it's a that's a stupid argument, and yeah. I think it's time that we stop lumping marijuana in with other drugs too. Yeah, I mean. It, it's habit forming, but it's not addictive. Same with alcohol, and like no. marijuana shouldn't be lumped in with methamphetamines. It's, it's simply a different situation. <laughs> it really is. It, so, like I said, I mean, it'll be interesting to see a how it's how it's accepted by the public. B the innovation that comes out of of a a new product now legal on the market, and then C, you know how the market responds to that if we get an influx if we get cheaper if it gets more expensive what happens with it um i think it'll be a really interesting thing to observe and then at the last part of that how the government will react to it because it's still illegal on a federal level the dea could still come in and raid any recreational marijuana um dispensary if they want to and then see how the government responds to that well they could they could raid a private user too exactly yeah I mean, it is. I it is only semi legal. Yeah, absolutely. And the federal government has uh, the umbrella over the state governments. So, yeah, it is going to be interesting to see where this goes in the future because it really could get the kibosh put on it really fast. It could. It could be one of those things that's like legal for like two years and then it's done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. But then the Great Stoner Revolt of 2016. <laughs> hey! Hey, man, I don't think you be- should be shooting at me with that tank. Ah! <laughs> well, that was effective. <laughs> oh, man. Did you see the colors? Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Mostly red. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting, interesting development. Uh, but, yeah, Colorado's the model, man. That's already legal there, so... Um, they have the high ground in a couple of different ways (laughs) a lot of different ways actually (laughs) all right my psycho reco this week is going to be something that's in the news jesse we got to talk about this because (laughs) we talked about this a little bit before but this is like epic laziness Oh, we have to talk about finally a news article about my lifestyle huh (laughs) about epic laziness uh, so there's this guy, John Beale. Uh, he was a high-ranking uh, U.S. EPA official. <laughs> yeah, this is a great story. And he was like, you know what? I'm 65 years old, and <laughs> I'm in the government, and I'm a high-ranking official. And how can I not do work and still get paid for it? And he's like, you know what? I'll just say I'm working for the CIA. <laughs> so John, Beale, it's already bad when you're. <laughs> what's that? Go for when it. you're in the bureaucracy of the United States government. Yeah, and you want to do even less work. Come on, <laughs> you're already getting paid to do essentially nothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So John Beale, he collected paychecks 
for two and a half years of not working by falsely claiming that he was working for the CIA. He's like, oh, I'm a CIA operative, guys. I'm doing all this work for the CIA. I can't do my work at the EPA, so uh, I'm just going to uh, collect my paycheck. Still from the EPA, because this is all spy shit. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I'll go golfing in Virginia, because that's actually yeah. what I'm going to be doing. It's, it's, I love it. It's kind it's a, of it's a real Ron Swanson hero. It's like the most ball. It's the ballsiest laziness of any <laughs> anyone here's, ever. Here's what I imagine happened: was like, I can't do this. I'm in the CIA. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I can't do this. But you'd still give me the paycheck. And they were like, all right, well, we'll give you this one paycheck, but then we're gonna go ask the CIA if that's true or not. <laughs> yeah. And then it probably took two and a half years to get a yes or no answer from the CIA. Uh huh. I'm guessing it like it was the CIA who was like, "Well, maybe his, maybe his." <laughs> We're well, not. We, we can't. We cannot confirm nor deny. We can't. It's a CIA. Right? Exactly. It's just crazy to me. And like, okay, so let's 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 delve into this a little deeper. He says that. Uh, um. Oh God! In in addition to his CIA work, Beale received a retention bonus of twenty five percent of his salary for years after his eligibility for it and expi- had expired. And he collected more than fifty seven thousand dollars in travel expenses for five unneeded research trips to Los Angeles, <laughs> where he visited his family. <laughs> That's not- the thing. Like, if if you're in the EPA. And you're like, okay, our boss is a secret CIA guy, right. so he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> uh, no big deal. But he's taking trips to Los Angeles and still charging the EPA? Wouldn't you be like, hey, dude, use your yeah, CIA money for CIA. that? Like, this Why the- are you using our EPA money? Use your CIA money. I feel like he was so high-ranking that he didn't have a boss. Because how yeah, can you exactly. explain any of this to anybody? Like if if you had a boss that you explained all this to and they didn't follow up and you got paid this much money and plus all your travel expenses, like this is all on that guy, right? This guy's got to be so high ranking that he was above explanation to anybody. But it's got to go to like the cabinet, right? No, well, I mean most places. Like if you're talking about a big company, or I'm sure the government has this in place as well, you just have a reporting system that you report expenses to and then they reimburse you. So right. I'm guessing that the government probably has a system where they just like, you know, reimburse. He's like, he just claims the stuff is, is travel expenses for work. He's a high ranking official. Why would he lie about that? We're just going to reimburse him for that. <laughs> the question I have is Who the that, fuck is paying for this. Oh wait. Yeah. It's you and me. Oh uh, yeah. Well, what are you? Gonna you do? and me are getting. Are we are the ones who pay for this? The question that I have. Okay, I have taken a trip. To, I took a trip to Palm Springs this year. It was very lovely. Spent a week there. I know how much that costs. If I took five of those trips, there's no way that that would add up to fifty-seven thousand dollars. This guy's spending twelve thousand dollars a trip to Los Angeles. So well, he's not flying only, first class. He's not only traveling. He's traveling high class. This guy. Yeah. He's on a private EPA jet, which burns yeah. uh, actual dinosaurs, not just fossil fuel. 
but they just load up the fuel tank with like a stegosaurus. This is another question I have. He says he also received a parking space from the EPA worth $8,000 over three years. What parking space is worth $8,000 over three well, years? I believe that easily. In, in a place like Washington, D.C. or like New York City, mm-hmm. a, a parking, a, you know, like a parking spot can be as much as your like rent on an apartment. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Ugh. Well. Ugh. That's a good investment. I'm going to invest my money in New York parking spaces and Alaskan gooey duck permits. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's how I'm diversifying my stock portfolio. And Bitcoins. You know, we should create our own Bitcoin. Have you heard about this? The Dogecoin? No. You know oh, yeah. Doge I have mean? heard about that. Yeah, they created the Dogecoin, and people are actually buying this uh, internet currency. I think the Bitcoin's a bit played out. We need to make the GUI coin. It's the GUI an, coin. It's an internet currency. Only. It's an internet currency based on the market of GUI duck licenses in Alaska. Oh, that's very stable because it's that's a fixed economy. Exactly. It's a stable economy. It only crashes if the GUI duck population goes down, which also <laughs> helps us to promote the ecosystem of the gooey ducks yeah well ag- the gooey duck economy is crashing right now because the chinese government oh, is declining true. gooey ducks from the west coast yeah i heard about that yeah uh so anyway insider this guy this guy john beale 65 epic laziness this guy's got the laziness of laziness like but it's not laziness i mean that takes effort it's a grift that good. I guess so. I, I don't know I mean, if it does. I feel like if you're grifting this good, it's an inherent talent, and I don't think it takes a lot of effort. Like, yeah, this guy's got mean, this ingrained in his soul. Is LeBron James lazy? No, not at all. He is an athlete. Because he has the inherent talent. Yes, but he goes out and he works to collect his So paycheck. does this guy. This guy's out there drifting all the time. He's probably getting, like, hella free drinks from every bar he goes to just to refine his grift skills. Probably. He's like, it's my birthday and I'm a CIA agent, so give me a uh, AMF. Or you'll be AMF in one of my secret camps that I run because oh, I'm the head of CIA. CIA, yeah. <laughs> so this doesn't all end great for the guy. Obviously, he got caught. Uh, he's now been sentenced to 32 months in federal prison. That's it? Yeah, less than three That's years. That's all you get? The thing is, he was also, uh, he also had so much cash on hand, he's already paid back $886,000, <laughs> and he's agreed to forfeit a half a million dollars more. So he's going to put up $1.3 million that he just has in the bank because he's just being lazy. <laughs> Dude, guess how much only, gold this guy has buried. Not only does he steal all this money from the government, but he doesn't do anything. He just stays in all his reeds. He doesn't even do anything with it. He's like, I'm going to actually be pretty happy in this prison. It'll give me some time to finally relax. <laughs> he's going to, like, within two weeks, he's going to convince the guards that he's actually working for the warden as, like, a prison breakout <laughs> specialist, and that he should be able to have two-week leave. <laughs> Oh man, grifter extraordinaire! I like it. I I appreciate it. And you know, when you look through history books, sometimes they're like, "He only ruled as king of England for four years." I'm like, "Yeah, but those four years were sweet." <laughs> so like, I'll take it. 
You know, this guy got busted, but he was living the life. Yeah, for those four years, he was king. K- king. 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 Okay, you can't get king, guys. King. He was the king of England. Yeah, exactly. Like, here, a, a humble reign of four years. Yeah. yeah, but they were some dope four years. I will take it. I'll take it. I don't care if it ends in a guillotine. <laughs> Those are good four years. Guess what? The guillotine takes four seconds, so it's over quick. There You're you done. Go. Yeah, you went out on top. That's what... <laughs> Jesse, circa thirteen twenty, walking out, <laughs> being led out by the executioner to the guillotine. Just four like years, baby. Two middle fingers up in the air. It says, yeah. Four years, baby. <laughs> Better four years than you'll ever have, Executioner. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Deal with it. Yeah. Guess well, what? <laughs> I was wearing purple robes. Where are you wearing? A black hood? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's not itchy. How about you Feel finish this robe. How about you finish totally up my quick soft. death? Yeah. <laughs> quick death? All right. Let's do this All shit. All right. No big deal. Four, four years. Four years of being king. Worth it. Worth it. Oh, man. So, anyway, John Beale, I think that this guy might be the Edward Snowden of 2014. <laughs> He's like the reverse Snowden. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, Snowden's going to, like, get incinerated by a Hellfire missile delivered from a Predator drone. This guy, yeah, he'll he'll do, like, eight months in prison. No big deal. Yeah, and then come out to his buried gold fortune and then live in yeah, the Maryland exactly. suburbs with his $1.4 million mansion. You know, uh, Fort Knox, I bought it, buried it, and hid it, so I'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I I walked up to Fort Knox, I told him I was working for the CIA, I stole all the gold. (laughs) National treasure. The CIA needs all your gold. There's, yeah, there's a little loophole, which means that that was okay. Took it, buried it, Uh, I'll be out in eight months. Later, King of England. This is the premise for National Treasure 2172. (laughs) Only Nicholas Cage. There you go. All right, guys. We're going to get to uh, Facebook Roundup. But before we do, we're going to uh, tell you about the Bald Move Network. Go to baldmove.com, guys. I can't – honestly, I can't uh, thank you enough for what you've done for Child's Play. Like I said, I have a lot of family who work at children's hospitals. And you guys have stepped up to the task. Over $3,600 given to Child's Play through your donations, uh, through Amazon.com or through PayPal in the month of December. I am just blown away by this stuff, guys. Um, and uh, and thank you so much for using our affiliate link. It is an insane amount of money, and I can't be more happy about that. Um, uh, on top of that, we got uh, The Walking Dead just wrapped up. Um, so uh, if you've been watching The Walking Dead, be sure to get those recaps there. We got up here downstairs uh, covering everything Edwardian. Uh, we've got the Because Show, which are, are the refined ladies down in Los Angeles talking to you about a sex, makeup, uh, life, uh, everything. That you, if you have a question, if you have a question, you should not ask it to us. You should ask it to the Because Show ladies because they have uh, like intelligent answers. So go to them because we're just going to goof on you because that's what we do on this show. Um, but the Because Show, we can't talk about them enough. We love those ladies. Um, and if you have... Maybe if it's not your style, if you have a wife or a significant other, make sure that they're listening to that. They're going to love it. My li- my wife listens to the Because Show every week. Um, so uh, we're on there as well, Personal Arrogance. 
Uh, and then if you want to get in touch with us, we're on uh, personalarguments at gmail.com. Send us an email. You can give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. You can uh, tweet us at Personal Podcast. We are on Facebook at the Bald Move Facebook page and the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. Be sure to friend us. Um, and then if you really want to help us out, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us move up those rankings, get more exposure, get more listeners, build this community that we love so much called Personal Arrogance. We love you guys. Uh, and we could not love you anymore because we are literally pouring out every every ounce of love in our hearts to you. So um, thank you so much. And uh, we have the Facebook Roundup every week. So if you uh, like us on Facebook, then you can be a part of the Facebook Roundup. Each week we go on there, we say, uh, we're recording. What do you want us to talk about? You write, and then we talk about it. Jesse, are you ready for this? Mm. All right. Rob Zip starts it off from the Rob Zip and Friends podcast. Check it out on iTunes. What did Satan bring you for Xmas? I think this might be a typo. <coughs> I don't think so. Satan? Yeah. What did? Oh, I'm sorry. What did Satan bring you for Triple Xmas? That's what he said. So Jesse, what did what did Satan bring you for Triple Xmas? I got some gloves. Nice. Which are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a coffee mug. I got uh I got some scaled down mini versions of the Kona longboard logger and Fire Rock Pale Ale tap handles for my kegerator what? that are totally legit. That's awesome. Yeah, so those are my highlights. Uh, my sister went to Ebbetsfield Flannels, which is like the coolest store in Seattle. This is a store that goes back into baseball history and recreates. By hand, they, they recreate by hand uh, baseball caps and jerseys and shirts. Really? From the eras that they, you know, um, from the eras that, that, that these baseball lore things. So if the, if the cap was made in 1901, they're going to make it by hand the same way that it was made in 1901. So it looks exactly like that cap. Artisanal baseball caps. Artisanal baseball caps, and they have like a very uh, set lineup. They they do the set lineup every quarter, so you can only get these certain hats for a quarter. Anyway, my sister went there. She got me a Seattle Rainiers uh, sweatshirt, which is incredible, from 1955, and then she got me a 1969 Seattle Pilots baseball cap from a press conference that they had. They only wore the cap for a single press conference. Ebbetsfield Flannels decided to recreate this ball cap by hand, and I have it on my head right now. Ebbetsfield Flannels is the greatest place ever, and I got an Ebbetsfield Flannels uh, haul. So I am very, very happy about that. That's really cool. This is the episode of alternate baseball caps, or uh, sports caps. Why? Oh, yeah, because of your alternate Seahawks cap. Exactly. Bring it full circle. I love it. Um, so, and, and like Lydia got me an Ebbetsfield Flannels cap for my birthday. I can't. I can't even talk about Evansville Flannels enough. So they were the guys when the, when they made the Jackie Robinson movie this year, they went to Ebbetsfield and they're like, "Hey, make all these uniforms," because they knew they make into the same specifications as they had back in the day when Jackie Robinson played. So all of the uniforms in the Jackie Robinson movie were made by hand here in Seattle from Evansville Flannels, and you can get their hats. Go to EvansvilleFlannels.com. Early Reco. Cool. I can't talk about them enough. <clears throat> all right, let's buzz through these. Angela Martinez says, do y'all have any 2014 resolutions, Jesse? Uh, yeah, I do. Me too. 
Me, me as well. Okay, Jacob Jones Martinez says, has New Year's Eve ever lived up to the hype? Tell us about your best and or worst New Year's Eve stories. I was thinking about this last night. Do people go ape shit over this holiday? It's really just a date they, change. I, I feel like it's kind of a weak one. I'm watching this stuff online. People, I mean, on, on TV, people are going crazy. I had huh. a great New Year's Eve this year. I hung out with my softball team. I got to play N64, Super Nintendo, Xbox 360, and like two board games. It was an incredible, and like drink beer, it was an incredible New Year's, and I loved it. I got high and watched X-Files, which was awesome. Technically legal. Yeah, totally legal in Washington, if you're not the federal government. (laughs) Angela comes back and says, Jacob, Penny Pints 2K13 both. I think that might be cryptic language between brother and sister. So yeah, that's like twin speak. Yeah, where like you know twins develop their own language. I think so. Uh, Joshua says best and worst for me. Best, uh, hopefully this is best. Finding personal arrogance, (laughs) and worst is waiting for the next episode. Get off my Joshua! You're so nice. That's look at this niceness. I love you, Joshua. Thank you so much. John Jr. from (laughs) Philly says aloha. Great job on Drunken Married to Jesse and Tasha. Totally agree with the rating system. I love to help. I'd love to help with some content to give you guys some breathing room between brew reviews. I ended up with some good connections while scouring the breweries and craft beer bars of Pennsylvania for swag for our wedding. Some might be cool to loop in for interviews on some talking points that Jesse laid out. Jesse, thank you so much for doing Drunken Married, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm um, getting that ready to go in yeah. the new year as a Bald Move original Love it podcast. Too. It was Hopefully like... two X a week. Two X a week? Are you joking? Mm, I got, I got, I got some plans for this. All right, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it, dude. Like, I really enjoyed that podcast, and. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be soften this up at all, but it was like the cutest thing I've ever heard. Just because I, I know know both of you and I love, and like, you guys are great. So like (laughs) listening to you guys talk to each other, you have a great chemistry. It it was just, it was wonderful. I loved it. I I had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be premiering as it's uh, a spinoff, officially a spinoff podcast of personal arrogance. Empire, like it, uh, breeding. So if Look you have bald move, so if you haven't heard it, that is the last episode of Personal Arrogance. It's just it's the last one. Just look at it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Anthony says, it. celebrate New Year's for twenty four time zones, twenty four countdowns. <laughs> Great idea, comma best idea. I that's, like it. Uh, that's some real party hardy. It attitude. is, and like. You could do like uh you know buy a 24 pack of beer and then drink a beer for every hour. That would be really funny. That'd be like a great thing to do and film as <laughs> or as like a charity event yeah, like we'll live stream, stream it. That. Yeah. I like it. Uh and then finally Matt says, "I work in a large company. A husband and wife work there. Young attractive enough folks, but the wife has these two gnarly hairs that stick out of a mole on her chin. Not like the hair that she just didn't notice, like three quarters of an inch. Do I tell her? Do I tell her husband, who I know better? Do I just pretend that I'm not wondering if the two hairs can be braided when I'm talking to her? What would you do? This is a good question. Thank you, Matt. 
talk to the husband. No, that shit needs to get no, 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 no. Yes? No, no. Yes? Come on, he knows. That's it's the not thing. like he doesn't they know. They both know. They both know. You can't that bring this no up to them. There's no excuse for this. You pluck that. You can't bring it up to them, guys. That's a plucker. You, you can't pluck it. bring it up to the husband, especially. No, yes, you do. You gotta, you gotta bring it. You gotta make it aware and be like, even just be like, I'm curious. Why don't you just pluck? Why don't you pluck those? Oh my god, this is such an. You're you're bringing hate upon yourself here. There's no way that conversation ends well, Jesse. Why? Why should you hate someone for being realistic and? <laughs> voicing concern they're just being human and i guess that man. that that type of behavior shouldn't be demonized honesty should be accepted and embraced this isn't about Eric. what should happen jesse this is about what will happen okay this you is think, what you, you think they're do. gonna be like oh that person with their they had a, the audacity to comment on my freakish chin hairs. <laughs> this is the thing about this, Jesse, is that you can't mention it to the wife. You can't mention it to the husband. What you need to do is create some kind of Rube Goldberg apparatus or event, performance event, where you can pluck them yourselves. Because oh, nothing God. will give you the satisfaction. And And this has to be so inadvertent that it could never be contrived, right? So it has to be like... You, like you need to train. You need to train, sir. Matt, you you have to get like duct tape balls, okay? And you have to be able to throw them. You have to train for like months throwing those duct tape balls with pinpoint accuracy to the point where you can throw it, graze the chin hairs, let them stick in and then pull out with like a with a with a random uh duct tape Orbital ball. Orbital sander. Exactly. Orbital sander. Figure out some Rube Goldberg apparatus because, first of all, it avoids any awkward conversation. Second of all, it is just a lot more fun. Yeah, it's definitely more fun, but just be like, what's up with the chin hairs? Oh, God. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, I would never do it, but you should do it. <laughs> do it and let us know how it turns out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, Jesse, you got your echoes? I do. Uh, my first recommendation, I've been loving it. I've been living it, loving it, watching it every night. The X-Files. Yep. That's a damn good show, man. Do it. I really like it. Do it. It's the Breaking Bad of the 90s. <laughs> I actually started my annual viewing of Freaks and Geeks, which is oh, yeah. such a good show, dude. Like, that yeah, show good. is so good. I have laughed out loud. I just watched the first two episodes. I have laughed out loud. Like, every year I just need to watch through Freaks and Geeks again. I love that show. And it's weird to see, like, James Franco, like, world-renowned movie star, like, you know, 20 years old, like, being a goofball on some random show on NBC. I love it. Sorry, I stepped on your X-Files talk. No, it's fine. Okay. My first record this week is going to be Seasoning. Okay, seasoning can be a very if you if you're cooking, seasoning can be a very daunting task. This is something that I've been doing that I love and it's made yeah. my food a lot better. Yeah. It's that's what it does. No, but this is what you do. Okay, so like I go to the store, I buy my meat. I buy my, you know, steak or whatever. 
I stopped by the little seasoning package, which I think is usually by the soups. And you just like for 99 cents, you pick up like the mesquite seasoning packet or whatever. There's a bunch of seasoning packets there. They're all like a dollar. You get uh. home, you put it in some Tupperware, you put your steak in some Tupperware with the seasoning and some water. Oh, God. What's wrong with this? That's gross. This, that's cheap. But it's easy. That's what I'm saying. I, I think that we, you know. No, it's easy. You're just salt and pepper, baby. No, but this is like mesquite seasoning. And then you put it in there. And then when you when you want to cook your steak, you bring it out of the Tupperware. And now it's fully <laughs> marinated. You need to marinate your meat. Mm-mm. Marinated Mm-mm. meat tastes way Mm-mm. better than Mm-mm. just like dry Mm-mm. seasoned meat. Mm-mm. This is my recommendation, Jesse. Yeah, but it's wrong. It's not a debate. Marinated meat tastes way better than uh, dry You're seasoned meat. You're cooking your meat wrong. No. Marinated yes. meat tastes way better, dude. Marination Just a, is the key to A green. little salt and pepper oh. and then cook it low and slow so that the natural, delicious mm. flavors of the meat come through. And for one, buy a good cut of meat to begin with. Marinate you it. You don't need that cheap marinated dude, freaking MSG rattled. Marination is the station. Safeway signature beef salt. Marinate it. Your beef should taste good on its own. Well, welcome to the real world, dude. <laughs> when everybody's anyway, eating... that, that one was wrong. You can disregard that. When one. you got a bunch of cows eating mad cow soup for feed, it's not going to taste good, dude. Well, maybe you should eat beef less often and buy better cuts. I can't believe you stepped all over my racco. <laughs> you stepped your... all over mine with your James Franco love fest. What's your anyway, next racco, dude? Recommendation is Niners at, at Green Bay coming up. Oh yeah, this Sunday. That's gonna be a good game. <laughs> Have maybe. you seen the weather report? Yeah, I heard someone was like, "It's gonna be minus forty-five. It's not gonna be but... minus forty-five, but uh, temperature for game time is going to be a predicted three degrees Fahrenheit." Yeah, it's it's gonna be a cold game. It's gonna be good football, and it's two good teams with big playoff implications. Obviously, it could that was, that was very realistically be negative temperature by the end of the game, and I really yeah. want to see Colin Kaepernick play in that temperature. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Both of those teams are scary if when they come to uh, Seattle. So. I don't know. But, it's, it's a big game. It's, I, I predict that's going to be a very entertaining game to watch. Well, so here's what happens. If the 49ers win and the Saints lose, then the 49ers will come to Seattle for the first playoff game. If the Saints win, then they will come to Seattle for the first playoff game. If the right. Saints lose and the 49ers lose, then the then the Eagles will come to Seattle for the first playoff game, I believe. No, no, no. Then the so Packers. So remaining. No. It's, yeah, it's then one the of Packers. those three. It'll then the be... Packers will come, not the, not yeah. the um, Eagles. Not so the Eagles. W- either the Saints or the 49ers or the Packers will come to Seattle for the first playoff game. All three of those teams, kind of scary. Although this, the yep. Packers don't have. I'm most scared about, I'm most scared about the Niners. Yeah, I'm most scared about the Niners. I'm least scared about the Packers, honestly, because the Packers yeah. don't have a defense. I'm least scared about the Saints, but. Nah, the Packers have zero defense, dude, and so do the Saints. Uh, I know. Defense the, champions. The team that's going to beat the Seahawks is a team with good defense. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then my second reco this week will be the Batman comics, guys. I bought some graphic novels, which are really just compendiums of the new 52. 
But the new 52 Batman is so good. So there's two uh, graphic novels you can pick up right now in bookstores. There's uh, Court of Owls and Night of Owls. Court of Owls is the first uh, seven books, I believe, of the new 52 Batman. Really, really compelling story. Love it. And it leads into Night of Owls. The Night of Owls compendium is great because it not only brings in the Batman comic book, but it brings in Batgirl. It brings in Nightwing. It brings in Red Hood. Uh, it brings in Batman Incorporated. It's, it brings in Jonah Hex. You get like an, uh, an issue of each of those uh, comic books on top of all of the next Batman comic books. It's a nice thick compendium. And the story of the Court of Owls is really, really interesting. I really like it. So if you want to get into comic books, if you want to get into Batman, uh, pick up these two issues. Uh, you have uh, Batman Court of Owls and Batman Night of Owls. Pick them up at your bookstore. I just love it, dude. I've been getting into graphic novels hardcore. So, Rat. Do it. All right, Josie, that's a show. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> I've been here. Yeah, that's true. Welcome back to me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, guys. And until next time, remember that wherever you go. Whatever you do. Please stay arrogant. arrogant. <laughs>